Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back on the block, Austin Norman and Eric Strickland with you two to four weekdays presented by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. Not open today. They will be back open tomorrow. Make that your lunch or dinner plan for your Wednesday evening. Stricky, I want to jump into some college football headlines here. We'll start at home with Nebraska. Kind of a big deal. A tweet posted today about uh, the, the Nebraska Matt Rule X's and O's camp that'll be held in early February. Well, Nebraska announced the guest speaker for that camp. It's Bill Belichick. That's right. Recently retired, recently not hired NFL legend, top three NFL coach of all time, Bill Belichick, will be in Lincoln headlining as the guest speaker for a Matt Rule camp. We just got done talking about what it would mean to to beat a blue blood for you know Nebraska basketball. I can only imagine the benefits that even having Bill Belichick around for a weekend could potentially have for this Husker coaching staff and Husker football if there is truly a rural Belichick connection? Well, you know that it's just not going to be possibly just him coming in to sit down and have a conversation and to speak to the people. He's going to he's gonna probably have a moment where he meets and greets the staff and sits down and, and look, you're going to be able to pick your brain. Think of what, how beneficial that's going to be for Tony White um, to come in and sit down with Belichick, who is a mastermind on the defensive side of the ball. Just to just to pick his brain about things, you know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's going to be so beneficial for them to have him for those uh, young men who have aspiring dreams to want to uh, go to a whole nother level, and 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 young and the coaches and other staffs um, to be able to have a feeder connection mm-hmm. to Nebraska football. I mean, I think that's pretty dope all the way around the board. I think it's going to help the program tremendously. I would say if you could have got him as a as one of those uh, <laughs> assistant counselors or assistant analysts, yeah, sit in and whew, that could have been even even better in some instances. But um, yeah, to have that kind of mind to come in and and to have him with his guards down, possibly a little bit more. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. Bill Belichick kind of he can be a little bit aloof, but that's because he's dealing with media and scrutiny and everybody taking his word. Uh, he can just really just talk and just be himself. I think that's pretty cool to get that element of Bill Belichick. It's not off the table that Nebraska could hire him as an analyst. Do I think it's likely? No, but maybe this is, you know, laying the foundation for it. But Trick, I do think it's cool too, because I don't think Bill Belichick is a guy that's all about the money that is just coming because of the paycheck that Nebraska is, you know, giving him to come here. I do think that says some pretty good things about the relationship that, that Matt Rule has with Bill Belichick, where Bill Belichick wouldn't just come because he's heard Matt Rule's name or because the paycheck is nice enough. This leads me to believe there actually is at least some semblance of a relationship behind the scenes. That's also pretty cool to see out of the Nebraska head coach. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, if you're able to bump shoulders and rub elbows with the, those those type of people, and Matt Rule has been able to do that as a 
head coach in 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 the in the NFL, and you're gonna you're gonna be at certain places and certain events, and you're gonna talk, and you're gonna it, it's a big voice genesis, mm-hmm. and it, this happens all the time. This is why I say, you know, the things that you say to coaches or uh, if you're disgruntled and you approach a coach and, and, and you talk about somebody else or somebody else in the coaching realm, guess what? They're going to, they're going to, they're going to listen, but they're going to look at you funny and they're mm-hmm. going to guess, guess what? Have conversations and talk. Oh man, I'd be careful about, you know, Strick or I'd be careful about this guy, man. He, he bumps his gums a lot. And he's disgruntled or whatever the case may be. That's what you don't want. Mm-hmm. The same way that players talk is the same way that GMs talk. And to have those conversations and, and to have him to come in is going to be pretty cool. It absolutely is. So that'll be at the, the X's Nose Camp. I think that's the coaches clinic that Nebraska football puts on. Um, registration is open for that. So if you want to hear Bill Belichick speak, he'll be in Lincoln if you're, if you're a football coach. Hard to, hard to pass that opportunity up. I would think that every school in the state would try to, you know, muscle up 50 bucks and enough for even a hotel stay to be able to have their their head coach, at least, and the staff listen to Bill Belichick. So that's a pretty neat opportunity. Let's turn our attention then, Strick, to some college football playoff news of the day. We know that this coming season will be the first year of the expanded playoff. It jumps from four teams up to 12 teams for this next season. Before, the format was going to be the 6 plus 6 model, where you gave automatic bids to the six highest ranked, or the six conference champions, and then the next six highest-ranked teams. Well, with the the dissolution of the Pac-12, everything that's gone on out West, there was some thought that that needed to be revised because then if you, you still keep the six conference champions, you're probably looking down to, you know, two group of five champions, which I think would have been pretty cool for the group of five to get their two highest-rated champions into the playoff. But you knew that the power four now would never go for that, right? They, they want to try to... Keep as much of that money in their ranks as possible. Limit some of that access to, to the smaller teams. So the, the board of managers... Pause. Let's talk about that. Stay okay. right there real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's pause on that point. And here's why. Because guess what they looked at? They looked at that, I think, as an option. And, you know, you're going to have those following leagues, the, the AAC, Conference mm-hmm. USA, MAC, Mountain West, Sun Belt. You're mm-hmm. going to have those, those pop in. Okay, so let's just look at 2023. Here in that situation, this would have put Liberty, the Conference USA champion, as well as SMU, the AAC's champion, they would have been the highest next two up. Mm-hmm. And here's what happened. SMU ends up getting their butts blasted by Boston College <laughs> at Fenway Park, at the mm-hmm. Fenway Bowl. And Liberty ends up getting blown out in the Fiesta Bowl, 45-6 to six to Oregon. Mm-hmm. And that's where ugh, there could be a little bit of pause because what you don't want is you don't want these matchups to just be overwhelming for those those parties. Mm-hmm. You want to make it available to them because there there are some outlying situations. There are some Boise State situations that end up happening. And you want to leave way for that, right? But you don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. You want what happened last year to be up and down the college football, those matchups to be ooh intense where it provides a lot of energy and a lot of interest. That's what you want. So you don't want that situation to happen. Sorry. I, I wanted to stop there at that point and, and, and express why. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I think it's important to point out, too, we'll have to see how the committee handles that that group of five champion, team number five for the automatic berth. Because I think the easy thing to do, Strick, would be to give them the 12 seed. Say, hey, congratulations, you made it. But then give them an uphill battle where you have to go on the road for your first game 
and play really the hardest road you know available to you. Given a you know if you win a game or two, you're matched up with the one seed eventually down the line. But to me, strictly most equitable, the fairest way to handle this system is to give the the five automatic qualifiers, the five conference champions, the top five seeds, regardless of how they look, right? Cincinnati, a few years ago when they made the playoff, if it was a 12-team playoff, I don't think Cincinnati gets the four. I think Cincinnati probably gets the five, right? They'd be in because they went undefeated and they earned that benefit of the doubt over two years. But in that situation, I would want to reward Cincinnati with a home game, right? I don't think it's fair to make a conference champion go on the road for the first game just because you want to keep the money for yourself or you want to, you know, think highly about the power four. So to me, the fairest system, the way it'll work out most times is your your Big Ten, SEC, ACC, and Big 12 champs or seeds one through four in whatever order. And then whoever wins that that group of five automatic berth, whether it's, you know, Tulane a couple of years ago, SMU last year, Liberty going undefeated, making the run to Conference USA, I believe they should be rewarded with a home game, right? It's still a tall task. They're still playing a Power 5 team, but the Power 5 team has the exact same opportunity to win its conference as the team that actually did win the conference. They didn't do it. Why should a non-conference champion Power 5 or Power 4 team get rewarded with a home game over a group of five team that won its league? Hence the problem. And hence why it's still kind of going to be some tweaking possibly going on because the power conferences, and you know who that is now, and Mm -hmm. that is SEC, Big Ten. They're going to vie for positioning in that, Mm -hmm. you know, getting that opportunity. And they're going to be vying for the money. You you, you know, they're going to be pushing for their conferences. Mm -hmm. And with that type of power, what, how is it going to land? I actually agree with you. I think that would be be pretty cool. I think deservedly so. But I would I would also say schedule matters, right? It's easy to run a nice table when you're playing, uh, you know, the uh, uh, firemen's bureau and you're playing uh, uh, the trash compactors um, of America. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you you win 13 games doing that. But I, I, I also like if they played a couple. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. A couple of, you know, Power 5 schools, like they went in and beat a Missouri or, you mm-hmm. know, ended up beating somebody, a couple of them. Hey. I might be rolling with that. Beat somebody mm-hmm. in the Power Five, I, I might 
might be rolling with that. So again, just for reference, and I'm not yeah. talking about an ACC Duke. Or hey, no. an AC, you, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you're going to do it, but <laughs> or or I'm not talking about a. Uh, there's no Pac-12. I'm not talking about a, a Big 12. Like a Syracuse, like a, yeah, like a Vanderbilt. Yeah, yeah no. I, Iowa State, you know. Indiana. Like yeah, I'm mm-hmm. talking about, no, you go up there to the, that mid-tier, that, that good mm-hmm. mid-tier, you know, and get you one against a, a Washington or an Oregon. Now, I'm talking about not, not probably the new Washington <laughs> right. or a USC mm-hmm. or, you know, somebody like, go get it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm cool with it at that point. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And that's where I think Cincinnati, um, in scheduling Indiana the year they made it to a playoff, right? They, they scheduled these games so far out. Cincinnati had no idea what Indiana was going to be and vice versa. So Cincinnati goes and beats Indiana the year it makes the playoff. The win was okay at the time. It lost some value because Indiana kind of kind of went in the tank after that. But if you schedule a team, like at the time you schedule them and it's a good game, I think you should get a little bit of credit for your foresight, right? Like, hey, we didn't think this team was going to sustain it, so we stayed away. But at the same time, you're operating on the information you have. You have no reason to believe a team is going to take such a, a drastic downturn necessarily. So I want to give these teams a little bit of credit if, you know, five, six years out, they scheduled a team that had just come off, you know, back-to-back nine-win seasons, and then all of a sudden took a downturn instead of like, oh, they're down, let's get them and say we can claim a Power 4 victory. That's where I think it would be, you know, a little sketchy and they wouldn't deserve nearly as much credit because I think that's going to be the risk we see these these smaller schools take, Strick, is as much as these Power 4 teams don't want to play each other in the non-conference, the, the other group of five schools will be pounding on the doors trying to kick them down, trying to get any sort of Power 4 game they can to try to prove that they can hang with the big boys and be relevant in those conversations. That's a great point. And let's, let's dig into that point right there, Austin, because here's the thing. Um, there are going to be some teams that don't take that smoke mm-hmm. because guess what? They're already going to be facing your a gauntlet in their conference. Mm-hmm. So some of them are not going to give your, your Boise state types, like, you know, your, uh, old Cincinnati type. They may not give them that run. They may not go and play against the North Dakota, uh, 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 South Dakota State or somebody like that at risk of how bad it can hinder them. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like a boxer or an MMA fighter who's the number three, the number two, or in line for a title. And an a unknown, unnamed guy comes in that that's called you out that wants to get in the, in the octagon or the ring with you. And there's no, there's no benefit to that for you. You're so if you win, you're supposed to win. If you don't, then. Then why'd you take the fight? Mm -hmm. Right. So, so there's that, this could be a, as you said, a hindrance on, on uh, those top tier type programs taking on some two lane types and mm-hmm. and those are going to be monitoring what they did the year before. And they're going to be like, ah, no. Or, you know, a couple years ago, ah, no, you know, they're just going to be like, nah, it's not worth it. Let me just run this gauntlet. Mm-hmm. So that you're right. The teams I'm most curious to watch in terms of making those scheduling decisions are like your, your Penn States or your Ole Misses, right? That are always on the fringe, right? They're usually division runner up 
or a game or two back of the leader, but neither one of those two teams have broken through into the college football playoff. We know about Penn State's shortcomings against Ohio State and against Michigan. Michigan, I think, is going to be down. I think Penn State's going to be better than them, but I've said it on this show. I'll say it again. You said that before. I have. I've also said that Ohio State's a national title contender and that they're better than than Penn State. So if you're Penn State and you're weighing that out, it's too late for this year. But, you know, three, four years down the road and you're still in the same boat, do you say, hey, we might want to be flexible with our schedule, see if we can get one of those upper-level group of five teams on the schedule because we need a quality win. We trust this program. We trust that they're going to be in the conversation at the end of the year and we need, you know, a little boost to our resume this year because our, our conference slate is maybe a little bit, you know, on the softer side. Those that's a big program, it's a big name that still has plenty to lose. But given strict that they haven't achieved that ultimate prize of well, not even a national championship, but even a college football playoff berth, I think teams like Penn State and Ole Miss that are in that that discussion for the twelve team that should feel pretty good about their chances might actually be willing to take on some of that risk because of the reward it could benefit them with maybe a home game down the road instead of just a a fringe playoff berth. Yeah, especially if that team ends up, you know, doing some some major damage in their rankings. They they continue to climb up the rankings. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think so. So, yeah, that's going to be something of interest to look at. Uh, Just as a refresher on the format, so the top four teams, so seeds one, two, three, and four, will get a first-round bye in the new 12-team college football playoff. Then seeds 5, 6, 7, and 8 are the ones that will end up hosting home games. It'll be just like you know any other you know bracket where 5 hosts 12, you have 6 hosting 11, 7 hosting 10, and then 8 hosting 9, right? Just like, like you would see any sort of you know NCAA tournament bracket set up. And then after that, it would end up being... One, playing the winner of 8-9. Two, playing the winner of 7-10. Three, playing the winner of 6-11. And four, playing the winner of, of 5-12. Ideally, you know, or you know, mathematically the way it should work is then, you know, one and four play in the semis. Two and three play in the semis like we've come to know. And then one and two. So it's a pretty, you know, traditional path the way that it's set up. You just have, you know, four teams getting a bye instead of having eight games, you just have the four games, then four games, two games, then the national championship. So interesting to watch. It did officially get passed unanimously today that it is the, the which, five plus seven model. Which, which once it gets to the semis, then it goes to New York's New York uh New York six uh New York six New Year's six bowl style. And yes. then the championship goes into a uh non um you know non affiliated uh, n- yeah yeah yeah, type of, of bowl. So yeah, I think that's, I, I think that's pretty cool. I think that mm-hmm. could be cool for programs just to have a home playoff game. You know what I mean? Yes, I, I yes. think that's pretty cool. It kind of reminds me of old old high school style where mm-hmm. you get a chance to see your team, and it, and it's good revenue for the program too. Mm-hmm. To be able to have that mm-hmm. type, you know, you're going to get TV, you're going to get all kinds of uh, revenue opportunities uh, to come once again back into your. Mm-hmm. Uh, your home stadium. I think that's that's cool, man. That's going to be interesting if you could get, you know, Nebraska back on top and to to have a playoff game in, in Nebraska and Memorial Stadium and with the with the weather. You know what I'm saying? Brisk and cold and <laughs> kind of give you that tundra feel to it. Come you know on, Bama! Like you want this? You Come want on, this? Baby. Come, Come on. on up here and get some of this smoke. <laughs> well, that's going to be something else that's interesting to watch. Too strict is on a year to year basis. 
which of the top five teams want the bye, right? That want that time to get rested, to get healthy and have a week off versus which athletic departments, you know, might be hurting for some cashola that won another gate or which yeah. athletic department, you know, only played five home games instead of seven or only played six and they won a seventh. How do they balance the, the desire for more revenue versus the football aspect of, hey, this guy wasn't healthy in our championship game. We won it without him. Now we have another week, you know, to get him healthy, to get him back. Obviously, that's going to change year to year for teams, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, which schools we think would be all in on. Yeah, we need a breather. We went through the gauntlet and which schools are going to be like, bring us that money. We want it. Because I think, again, to, to circle this back to where we started, if it goes like you and I want, that's an extra gate with, you know, 40,000, 50,000, 60,000 people in attendance, even for the group of five champion every year. So I think there's going to be a big fight and a big competition between these group of five teams to see who schedules oh, aggressively yeah. just for the shot at that extra gate at the end of the year. On top of that, right, what you just said, that group of five program or or whatever the case may be, they're going to get a power five school to finally come to them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That That's mm-hmm. you. You're going to get an Oregon or you're going to get uh, Penn State, or you're going to get somebody to come into your stadium. Mm-hmm. And boy, the city's going to be on fire. I mean, whatever the case may be and however it goes down, but boy, that you're right. They're going to be looking for that opportunity. Talk about like your, your Super Bowl. That's absolutely what that's going to turn into. And I think it's going to be absolutely incredible in terms of the environments that we get to see at places we haven't necessarily been used to it. He's strict. I'm Austin. Good stuff there on the college football playoff. We'll wrap up hour one uh, with some comments from a former NBA player on one of his former head coaches. We'll play the audio for you, get you set up for hour two of On the Block here in just a sec.